0: Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watch Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. Hello there, legacy leaders. Welcome to another episode. This is uh, episode number 12 and session number three for our Mentored by Adversity series. Uh, And we have a wonderful guest with us today. Uh, We have Daylin Perez. Uh, She is senior recruiter for VHB and also co-founder of The Professional Pantry. Nice. Uh, Yes. Um, I I think this is a tagline. This is what I found as I was doing some research. Helping professionals cut through the competition so they land the job they love. Is that correct? Good. (laughs) I
1: like
0: it. I like it. I like it. Um, So we're going to get into a a really good conversation for our folks that have been listening. We've been going through this series for the last uh, few weeks now talking about building high-performing teams, uh, assessments and tools that you can use to analyze your team and strengths and find out gaps. And then as a hiring manager, what you should be looking for and kind of some strategies throughout the hiring uh, process to make sure that you're, you're filling those gaps and really making sure that you're getting the right type of person or people onto your team because that is such a a crucial element uh, when we're talking about team building in general. Before we jump into that, uh, three things really quick. Step number one, please subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Yes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Make sure that you hit the the little alert Mm -hmm. button and give us some likes. Uh, Step number two, we said this last time and I'm going to keep asking, make sure that you take a screenshot. So click whether you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, take a screenshot of that and then go ahead and post that onto Instagram. Make sure that you tag us uh, at Legacy Leadership. You can definitely tag Devon uh, at Leadership Docent and then also tag myself at Coach underscore Jimmy G Jr. I would appreciate that. Uh, and then Day, what's your handle for, there she goes, she's taking it right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Got to take the screenshot. <laughs> um, for Instagram, it's Professional Pantry. Um, and then um, you can find me on Facebook as Day Perez.
0: Awesome. I'm going to follow suit. Boom. Boom, oh, there it is. <laughs> I
2: don't think I was ready for that, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: I'll take another one towards the end because, uh, for our listeners, you know, I'm going to make sure that we plug all of those requests at the end of the episode as well. So, uh, and then last thing step number three is share. Share with your friends, share with your family, share with other leaders that you feel uh, would gain a lot out of listening to uh, our conversations, especially again to uh, this series and this episode. Uh, which is our third installment of mentored by adversity so share with your folks let them know what's good when it comes to the legacy and leadership podcast we would appreciate that very very much absolutely uh, so we're excited today to have you with us and, um, we are. And, and how are you doing today ma'am
2: pretty damn good
0: that's what <laughs> i like to hear
1: i love it i love it i love it i love it
0: i'm feeling good too d i think you're doing all right uh prior to us hitting record you had a number of stories that you were telling us
1: yeah yeah yeah. i'll just i'll leave it at this because i I don't want to get into too many details um as the case is still under litigation right so (laughs) at the advisement of my lawyer i can't say too much but um no seriously though um i am continuing my cold war in this hot florida weather <laughs> so um uh, but uh, I, I, all of that stuff the fender bender stuff aside man uh, i'm in good spirits man i'm feeling really really good uh, i've been kind of sharing with you um that over i guess these past couple of weeks we've been building up to bring in our leadership team back on site mm-hmm. um for the very first time um since you know we sent everybody home um and yeah man it, it, it went off pretty pretty well um you know, it was good to kind of get a buzz back um, in the facility, like kind of that eerie quietness is kind of hard to work in, especially if you're used to like kind of contact centers and kind of that hum. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were able to get the leaders back and start them um, up on their uh, leadership development training. And so Um, Yeah, man, I think kind of all of those things um, have me in exceptionally high spirits um, today, man. So I'm feeling energized and I'm excited to learn, um, especially given we've kind of been, like you said, laying this foundation. I'm talking about building a team and um, that hits near and dear to my heart because I've been going through those steps uh, here recently with my new squad. And um, I know we gave the interviewer perspective Mm -hmm. to some extent on the last uh, episode um, that um, we're going to be able to share dropping tomorrow. So by the time you guys listen to this, just go back and listen to that other episode. Um, And so it'll be really good to just get um, Dave's perspective, um, you know, from the interviewee, you know, I guess, perspective and, you know, just prepping people for, um, you know, what it takes to really, you know, set yourself apart from everybody else. And um, I think more importantly than just kind of the functional stuff, it's also the encouragement people get from just hearing other people's stories. Like we kind of talked about that a little bit before we got on here today. Just the power in stories and the power in passing on those stories and the things that um, we as leaders sometimes feel like, you know, we should kind of guard from the world and not share, right, to hide, right, are really the things that are our power stories and help encourage and motivate and inspire other individuals. And so um, I always walk away from these MBA sessions, like kind of inspired and learning something new uh, and learning something new. And so I'm looking forward to um, the same thing today.
0: Me as well. Um, So I am happy to say that I have a project I've been kind of working on a day. You may appreciate this. Uh, one of our recruiters was asking for assistance in creating a front-end learning content, a micro a micro learning piece for individuals who are interested in one of the um, kind of frontline spots that we have for our field marketing team. So I was able to to get that completed and send it off to them today. So I've been working on that for a couple of weeks. Probably took me a lot longer than uh, I had expected, but. Uh, yeah was happy to, to get that taken care of so far I've gotten some good feedback I'm waiting to hear back from a couple of more folks uh, I might have to make a couple of tweaks but uh, that's you know part of some of the work that I do as, as a learning development professional while I definitely create content for training purposes uh, I also help out marketing and recruiting as well um, cause that's always important right getting the right getting in the right, the right type of people and making sure one of the reasons we decided to do this is we want to make sure that they had a really, really good understanding of what the job entails. So (laughs) we're trying to give us the best as possible a realistic job preview uh, with this five minute animated video that we've put together. So, um, but they seem to to appreciate it so far. So we'll see if we'll get uh, some benefit out of it as we uh, do uh, new hire surveys and things like that to really determine the impact of it. Nice. So that was the bulk of the work that I did today. And again, it's always nice, right, when you're able to check something off of the to-do list. So happy about that. Um, So uh, as I was kind of doing some research, you have about 10 years or so uh, of experience in uh, human resources and recruiting. And again, you're currently a senior recruiter for VHB and co-founder of the Professional Pantry. Uh, I am interested to hear you know, kind of your story and and how you got started with the Professional Pantry, Uh, because I believe that that's something that you started with in the last maybe four to five months or so.
2: That's correct. Yep. Um, So, I mean, obviously I've been in the space for almost Mm -hmm. a decade here um, and I've recruited for various industries. um, And, you know, I've always been helping, you know, hiring leaders and companies and, So often uh, what people don't see is that recruiters are talking to candidates, which are humans, and they have stories, and they have families, and you build bonds with them in such a short period Mm of time, or at least I do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because maybe that's the empath in me, Um, but I build these bonds with people, and then I'm rooting for them, but then they end up either one not getting the job for numerous reasons whether they just don't know how to sell themselves they say the wrong things um or you know maybe they just don't have a good resume and it's not representative of their of their skills and experience and their impact and so um i think it was something that was tugging at my heart i've always wanted to start my own thing and and be an entrepreneur but i didn't know what um and so it was one of those things it was like a light bulb moment like duh Mm -hmm. like you know these people need help and like there's no one there to champion Mm -hmm. them um, and so it was like, well, I know all the secrets. I'm, I'm the one that's with hiring managers making these decisions and screening people and saying yes or no, move to the next step. And so it was like, OK, it's time. I need to be the people's champion and I, I really need to be on the other side of the table to essentially, you know, help everyone get to where they need to be. And, and I wish I had that when I was, you know, starting my career. I had to piece together things from all over, all over the Internet. Nowadays, we have podcasts and we have YouTube and we have all these things you can pull from. But back then I didn't. And even now, people don't really know where to go for this information. And so, you know, if I can help someone in their journey to kind of help them progress in their development as a professional, why not?
0: I like that. The people's champ. Mm -hmm. The rock, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Perez getting it done for the folks. No, but I appreciate that. And I've been very transparent, you know, um, while I've found myself still uh, doing the best that I can at adding value in in my current role in my current situation. Uh, I was just looking. It's always good to to make sure that your resume is uh, is updated, especially with what we've been going through over the last several months. Uh, you know, with COVID and how that's impacted so much. Uh, even obviously impacted Devon uh, as he was working with us and then uh, was furloughed and found himself very quickly though. Um, my man's blessed and just a talent to, to get on board with uh, with another company sooner rather than later. So we were happy about that. But I reached out to you um, as I find you on LinkedIn and made that connection and was just trying to get some advice on, again, tips. Right. You know, We all, all lead that no matter how long we've been in the game as an employee and even as a hiring manager and knowing what you're looking for and looking at resumes. Uh, things have changed a lot, you know, over the last couple of years, five years. You know, so it's important to. While there are so many resources out there to seek professional help and folks, again, who this is what they've been specializing in for for a decade or longer uh, to be able to get some of that additional support, uh, again, to help you land a job that you really love. Right. Mm -hmm. Not just a job, but really that that spot that you're passionate about. You have the right type of skill set and you're very comfortable with the organization, with the leadership, with their values, hopefully the benefits and all of those things just come together. So uh, definitely Mm -hmm. commend you for, you know, for the work that you're doing. And even you know the the heart and the will to to take that step during you know COVID and again everything that we've been going through as tough as it's yeah, been for sure. it's been a very tough market you know so uh, I applaud uh, a, f- a few folks that I've met recently just entrepreneurs that have have taken that step in these difficult times yet in these difficult times it's really when people need those type of services the most. You no, know,
1: absolutely, hundred percent. And actually, I, I love that you touched on that, Jimmy, because I think it's twofold, right? Uh, not only um, you know just through some of what you're sharing, day and kind of what motivated you to kind of take that leap of faith, you're showing the humanity um, in the you know the TA space. I think oftentimes. Um, just people have this misconception that, you know, the people they are sending these resumes off to, right, they're just sitting there and no, 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 not good enough. No, no. All right. You're good enough. Right. Um, but for you to be able to at least connect with these individuals and understand their story and the humanity and to be able to say, well, how can what can I contribute? Right. What can I contribute given everything that I've learned? Right to help these people. And like you said, championing these people, even though this opportunity may not have worked out for them, right? That doesn't have to be the end of this relationship and this investment. Um, And then to, then find the courage, right? So you have the empathy to be able to know that there's a need for that service, but then to find the courage to step out um, on faith, you know, when everything right now in the environment, the climate says, hey, you know, caution, caution, you know, don't take any risk, right? Be hyper conservative. Um, But for you to look into that and say, no, this is actually the perfect opportunity. um, The perfect timing for me to do that, I think is um, super telling, tells a lot about you. And I'm really interested is to kind of hear the experiences you've had that have helped shape that view where you would have that courage and be able to step out on faith, um, even if the odds are saying, hey, you know, now's not the right time.
0: Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's jump into some of these questions. You're, you're ready, Day? <laughs>
2: da, <laughs> <laughs> So we, we've given...
0: Uh, some background on, on you professionally and the things that you've done. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally, uh, and then how do you really balance your professional and your personal life and and the demands of both of those?
2: Oh, it's like the the million dollar question, right? Uh, Mm Work-life balance is what everybody says. And now it's going to like work-life. What is it? Trans, what is it? A transition or something like that? I forgot. Integration. That's what they're saying now. That's like the new word. It's Integration. Um, but it is, it's, it's probably one of the hardest things that I think humans in general, um, master is the personal and professional demands of, I want to build a business or I want to build my career, but I also have a family or I have a significant other, or I have kids. And it's like, how do you juggle the two? And I, I don't think there's a perfect answer for that. Um, I think it's one of those things that it's never a set it and forget it type thing. Um, You constantly have to recheck yourself. Um, It's one of those things that thankfully I have a significant other that I've been with for 10 years. And we're kind of like each other's checks and balances. Where if I'm going a little too overboard in my professional demands, then he's quick to say, hey, hey, what's going on here? Like, you're not getting your you time. We're not getting our time. And I think that's where he he does a really good job of keeping me in check and like, oh, okay, I got to step back. Like, the, the work will be there. Um, but that quality time of being with your human is is more important. And I know when I need it because I start to get very tempermatic and, like, irritated and annoyed and stuff like that. So that's when I know I'm like, okay, I need it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, just I think it's, again, constantly working at it and constantly improving your organization skills, your time efficiency. Um, All that stuff plays a part, and it's something that I don't think you ever perfect, but you constantly try to.
1: Mm-hmm. No, well said, well said. Um, it's funny because there's a similar beat, right, um, to what she's sharing and what we've heard mm-hmm. in a prior NBA session just around the fact that you, like you said, you can't set it and forget it. You have to recalibrate. You have to reassess. Um, and I think the one thing that you touched on, um, which has kind of been a thread, um, even through these last episodes, even though it hasn't been intentional, is the importance of your support systems and the importance of just having people that can um, pour into you and kind of lean on and say, "Hey, you know, you're on balance, right? You need somebody that you can be able to confide in, and whether that is um, your significant others and you know your friends or uh, you know other coworkers, you know other individuals who." um, you, you built a relationship with and trust and that it can you know, kind of speak honestly to you and say, Hey, um, you know, day or Jimmy or uh, Devon, like, yeah, you're, you're acting real aggy right now. Like I can tell <laughs> you, you need some you time. Cause like, you know, you're real short, you know, short tempered mm-hmm. and, um, your patience are not, is not there. Your empathy is not there. Like you're a little bit off. You need you, right. You need to shut it down. You need people that can, um, comfortably have that honest conversation with you. And you trust that, Hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. Like. Um, you know, you have a good sense of when I'm balanced and when I'm not. And if you're telling me off balance, I got to be off balance. So let me shut oh, it yeah. down.
2: And, and you know it. You secretly know that you're off balance. <laughs> but true. you just feel like you could keep going. And it's like, no, no, you can't.
1: <laughs> that is true, too. <laughs> and,
2: and you know what? And for people who may not always have that significant other, like your your counselor, your therapist, your coach, whoever it is, like there mm-hmm. should always be somebody in your life that can be like, Slow it down. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that that was some of the takeaways. uh, Very much reminded me of some of the things that uh, Xavier said uh, in our first MBA session. But checks and balances and having that support system, but you have to know yourself. Uh, Like you said, Devon, really recalibrate. And it is always about making those slight adjustments. I think about, you mentioned time management, you mentioned organizational skills. I think of how I've tweaked all of those things, you know, over the years, because as the dynamics change in your life, you can't necessarily continue to use the same tactics or systems. Uh, Maybe the fundamentals are gonna be there, but I know I need to tweak things as I go along. And it's funny too, I can see how on both sides, you know, as an individual who who was blessed to not get furloughed and, and working uh, and and working hard and, and trying to make sure, again, that you're adding value, putting so much time and effort into that. I could also see somebody who maybe is not employed right now and they're putting all their time and effort because it's so critical to to get that next opportunity. But on both of those occasions, you can really run yourself down and stress yourself out if you don't have the support system or if you're not really paying attention to yourself and again, making sure, okay, I need to slow down a little bit. I need some me time or I need some time with my family, uh, to, to make sure that I'm pouring back into myself. Um, you know, you can't, uh, you can't serve somebody else from an empty plate, right? So always taking care of yourself mm-hmm. is, is highly important.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cause that, that spectrum of literally going from okay, it's all right. It's a tough time. I'm going to find something to eventually you have nothing in your cup left and it goes into desperation mode. And then now you're not putting your best foot forward. So now it comes. the other side feels mm-hmm. that they feel the desperation. They feel it in the outreach. They feel it in the interviews. They feel it in everything. So you have to, you know, just have faith. It's going to happen. You know what you bring to the table. So always keep your, your cup yeah. full.
0: Good work. Good word. So this is legacy and leadership, and our whole goal is to help folks, give them tips and strategies and inspiration to become a leader worth following. And then, how do you take that and start to develop others to to do the same, right? And then, in, in, in all of that, leaving a legacy. So we want to know about your leadership, right? So, what was the moment that you knew or you felt that leadership was was your calling, and kind of part of of your purpose and what you bring to the world? Hmm.
2: So I'm going to get geeky on y'all first.
0: (laughs) We like geeky too, yeah. I was going to say, we're always game.
2: (laughs) So so I think when people, there's almost like this misconception about leadership, right? It's um, people thinking that leadership means you're like the hero or like you're the front face center person. And so think of it as Batman, right? People always think Batman is like the leader, the hero, right? But really, and if you learn about like story branding, like in marketing, you actually learn who the guide is. And that guide was Alfred. Mm -hmm. Not Robin, it was Alfred. And Alfred was the one that was like the true leader, the one that was like mentoring Batman, keeping him like his mentality and his like mindset well, pushed him where he needed to be pushed, say the right things to really guide him to his purpose. And so that's the way I look at leadership is – like whether in a, I would say early on, right? It always goes back to your childhood. And for me, it was middle school. So I was always heavily involved in like dance team, cheerleading, school organizations. Um, and anytime I was involved in anything, I it wasn't necessarily the captain, but I was always whoever the captain was like the right hand man. Mm-hmm. And so I was always the one to be like, okay, so what is it gonna take to influence the captain? And then what is it gonna take so that whatever the captain wants to do, I can make sure everyone else has the Mm buy-in. And so that's where I think very early on, I kind of knew, and maybe that's a Libra in me because I'm for the balance, you know, balance scale. Mm -hmm. And so I can always see the both sides of the spectrum. And so for me, it was always a really neat way of like, okay, I see their agenda. I see their agenda. How could, how do I get that to like come together? And so that is where my leadership kind of took place is that as I grew older and older and actually started working in, you know, professional settings, I quickly realized that I can learn so much from the captain, but I can also influence the captain a lot. And that in itself is leadership. Mm -hmm. You don't, it doesn't always have to be vertical. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can definitely lead horizontally. Mm -hmm. So that was my moment for me.
1: No, there's a, there's a lot of great nuggets in there. I'll let you go ahead and uh, touch on it, Jimmy, before I share my thoughts. No, I
0: was just going to say, yeah, you know, we've talked about that, right? It's not about the, the title necessarily or the position that you hold. It is about the influence. It is about those individuals that you were a support to. You had to be able to build trust. Uh, and I think, you know, within Devon and myself in our relationship, there was a time where he reported to me. Back in the day and then within the recent years really I reported to him and while I was a leader of my team and doing things within the the call center that we worked in I did my best between Devon and uh, and our other boss that had moved on to to try to be that support right and how can I help influence and help with their initiatives and the things that they're trying to do so leadership comes in all different uh, roles and positions but I, I appreciate that analogy too about uh, Alfred and Batman that's a good one yeah
1: for sure (laughs) i was actually thinking like, oh yeah i'm gonna steal that that's that's gonna be (laughs) told to somebody
0: (laughs) check this check how this works so the viewers will be able to see from this camera i have behind me if you know me you know that my favorite superheroes are uh superman and wolverine but i could Mm -hmm. not help but buy this
1: (laughs) at the the checkout batmobile (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes <laughs> at, at,
0: at one of the pharmacy stores the other day so uh it's shout out yes exactly shout out <laughs> yeah.
1: to that uh, I, totally I, I love that because i think um it really puts in perspective an uh, easy way to understand the importance of influence right and um like you kind of framed it today um, i think going into it especially early on as leaders you kind of think okay i'm going to be I'm going to be the hero, the one that affects change. I'm going to be the dark knight. I'm going to be the guy that was born in darkness, right? All that stuff. <laughs> um, and then when you really get into it, you realize that the real power is in the ability to influence, to shape the mold, to inspire, to develop, to encourage, to watch people grow and go off and do some great, some greater things. And so I can see how after years of experience and um, leadership, being able to look at these traditional hero stories and have that new lens on it to say, well, who is the real leader um, in Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it was Alfred the entire time. And, you know, Alfred was, like you said, that voice of reason, that person that's pushing him, guiding him, coaching him up, framing his worldview, right. So that he can go out and be the best uh, Batman or superhero that he can be. Um, and so I love that. I think, you know, Jimmy, you and I have always kind of talked about the importance of, um, you know, as a, as a you know you know every king needs counsel and stuff mm-hmm. like that right um and just hearing her kind of share that story i'm reminded of you know well, where does the, the seat of power really lie in the kingdom mm-hmm. right And it's usually the the king's hand more so than the king the person that has the ear of the king is really the most powerful individual in the kingdom um and so um, i think that know, that just kind of doubles down on some of the themes that we've been um, sharing and makes it really easy for people to digest. But I love that. So like I said, I'm definitely that that one's getting taken and it's (laughs) going to be shared. Yeah, because actually today when we brought folks back um, the first 30 minutes or so, we're touching on different leadership pillars. So I was able to kind of talk to them about um, employee engagement and culture and organizational behavior and developing your team and just kind of the mindset of a leader right to kind of set the stage for the other things that they're going to learn um and so i harped on quite a bit about influence uh, but i think being able to tie that story into it will really help uh, drive it home for folks so um, i really appreciate that
0: that's good so when we talk about alfred who has been uh the alfred in your life day who are the people that have helped you grow as a leader and what, what did they teach you
2: um gosh, there's, there's different guides at different points mm-hmm. of my life, right? Um, I will say every single boss I've ever had, I feel like I've learned something. Um, but if I had to pick one person, hands down, it's my dad. <laughs> it's my dad. I'm a daddy's girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. We, yeah, we've definitely talked a lot about uh, our fathers and the influence that they've had in our lives uh, as mentors and guides mm-hmm. for us. Um, so, what are, are some of the nuggets that you've picked up from your dad over the years that you keep with you to this day?
2: Can I go into a story Absolutely. time mode? Well, no, That's we
0: we sure. want <laughs> it. we want to hear stories, yeah.
2: <laughs> stories. because <laughs> so, you have to hear the context to see why this man is like such on a pedestal for me. Um, but so I'm going to take it back to when my you know my dad was growing up before I ever existed, right? So my father is one of seven children um and he grew up uh in a small one-bedroom house wooden house with a, an aluminum roof um, and an outhouse off the side of a cliff um he had one pair of shoe that the government provided that he could only wear to go to church or to school so if he wasn't in those shoes he was either barefoot or in flip-flops so imagine in puerto rico it's oh. mad jungles everywhere like it's not it's not san juan it's not the touristy areas of puerto rico this is like in the boonies, in like the mountains, like yeah. deep jungle. And so this guy would literally just live his life barefoot practically. So anyways, obviously they're in a lot of poverty and they, did, they didn't have much. And so no one in where they lived had money and never went anywhere with their lives. And so my father was like, okay, like I got to do something to change this. Like I can't, I don't want this life. I'm just I don't want this I want something different and so his ticket out of poverty was at the time to sign up to go into the military Mm -hmm. so he didn't know any English all he spoke was Spanish so he signed up for the military they shipped him off to Germany Wow. so he didn't know English or German and the man had to learn it all so wow. he's literally like has no idea what they're saying to him nothing wow. they they call line duty or whatever where you have to run from your barracks to, to line up the man doesn't even know how to open up a lock like the for the lockers yeah. to get his stuff he's completely confused he has no understanding why they're all running outside wow. <laughs> he's waving to them outside as they were saying Perez like right where Perez where's Perez presence upstairs trying to figure out a locker. So it was a long journey for my father. But it was that sacrifice of like, I don't know the language. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I'm getting out of poverty, and I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put him in school, he learned his English, he they learned he learned his German. Um, and he just he was able to survive. And eventually, you know, he met my mom. Um, they got married, they had my brother, eventually I came along, and he is literally, like, the, the first example of his family to showcase, I got out, so can you, you gotta sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, that always stuck out, like, I just love hearing, like, their story, just because, for me, it's like, anytime you think of something scary, you're like, oh, but hell, he can do it, I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, damn, like, you know, so anytime I think about something that's scary, I'm just like, okay, but but he literally went to another country Mm. and didn't know anything and figured it out so I can do it. And so that for me is where the majority of all my work ethic, motivation, determination, all that is literally ingrained in me because of him.
1: Wow. Mm. I I could absolutely see why that'd be the case, man. That's an impressive story. Uh Um, so many nuggets in there. And it sounds like it's, um, you know, it's, know it's more his actions and you know what he's overcome that has been the lesson more so than the kind of sitting you down on the knee and saying Mm -hmm. hey this is what you got to do um i think there's just a a hell of a lot of value in that right because um you can always pull from those experiences like you said as an anchor to say okay well you know if i think the situation that i'm in is is a challenging one it's difficult right you know there's fear right what can i learn from his lesson, and how he faced fear and how he stepped out on faith, i mean held to you know not know the language to end up in Germany to you know then have to learn two languages. And it's not like you have somebody to pull from. And, you know, Jimmy and I have kind of talked about that as well, because you know there's been things that we've been able to pick up from from our parents, um, our fathers along the way that we've learned about leadership and um, about their story that we can draw from from inspiration. Um, and obviously the hope for them, like your father probably has the hope for you, right, is that the next generation goes off and, you know, they conquer uncharted territories, they find their Germany, right, that they got to, you know, kind of drop into and learn from. And um, we've been blessed enough to be able to, to see those things. So there's situations that I go into, or Jimmy's going into, where you don't have a resource to pull from, there's no story I can reference to say, Well, how do I navigate this, right? And you just got to figure it the hell out. Um, but the thing that keeps me going is that I know at some point, you know, my kids, will be able to pull from this story the same way I pulled from my father's story and use it as a lesson and use it as a resource. And so it's awesome to hear how those, sacri- those seeds of sacrifice that your you know, father planted so many years ago have bloomed into you know, stories of um, just success and inspiration and motivation. And then they've continued to bear fruit in future generations. There's so much stuff that you've been able to accomplish and step out on faith about because of the decision that he made you know, as a young man Saying, hey, I just don't want this life anymore, and I don't know what the, you know, what I'm about to get into, or what the rest of the world has to offer, but I know what this has to offer, and this isn't it for me, mm-hmm. and that continues to bear fruit. I think this is just, it's, um, it's so inspirational, um, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think about uh, my mom. You know, we were talking about the fact that I was born in New York, uh, and my mom is definitely a leader in her own right, and, and you know, she, she had similar thoughts about not wanting my son to be raised, you know, in this area and wanting something better. And while everybody may have thought she was crazy, uh, for, you know, kind of saying, all right, I'm just going to make this decision and move, you know, from New York all the way to, to Florida. Uh, she did. And what I like what you said as well, Devon, it's not always about the, the, the nuggets or the verbal, communication and some of those talks that you may have with your parents. But you know, as as kids too, there's, we learn a lot from just observing. Uh, And sometimes you, you know, as an adult now, you don't necessarily recognize it you really just stop and reflect back on those moments and those decisions. And I know, you know, how impactful it it was for myself and for my life, uh, my mom making that decision. And again, just, you know, having the faith, having the courage and stepping out. um, When the odds were definitely against her and against your father in that uh, that scenario that you just explained to us
2: yeah sometimes actions speak louder than words right mm-hmm. my dad never had to sit me down and say hey day you have to work hard yeah. you have to do this and it's gonna it's gonna suck he never he just showed by example and i just i remember my dad was a workhorse and so to to a fault, to the point where I think I learned that very early on. Okay. I, I was that workhorse, and I was like, "Oh, wait, boundaries." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he ingrained that in me because that's what I saw. So what I saw is what I what yeah. I did.
0: That's good. Mm.
1: That's powerful. It's powerful, powerful, powerful. So, you know, you talked about the impact that, you, that your father had on you and the story that he's you know the examples he left right the, the examples he set um and how you pull on those today and um i guess you know i'm, I'm a little bit curious because you even alluded to this when you're talking about you know that grind um you know turning into desperation and people sensing that and it's palpable right um and i think you know for me i can tell being able to be rooted and understand okay hey um it's going to be okay. I'm going to have faith. It's usually the sign of somebody that has gone through adversity and been able to overcome adversity. Right. You you don't just pull from that well out of nowhere. Right. You've had to do some things and overcome it. And so, um, you know, given what your, you know, the examples, your father's has set for you. And, you know, just kind of, you know, what you're sharing in terms of words of encouragement for people that are going through the grind. I'm I'm curious if, you know, you can share with us a time where you've had to um, overcome adversity Right. And face adversity um, and to develop kind of that well of resolve uh, that you talk about pulling from.
2: Sure. Um, So it's this is actually a story that the first time I told it to someone that wasn't close to me was actually, believe it or not, in an interview. (laughs) Um, I had I had an interview with a a, uh, an owner of of a recruiting firm in Nashville who came down and flew to meet me. And we just went out to eat. That was my interview, right? It was out to eat at a restaurant. So you never know the types of interviews you're going to have. Um, but I could tell that he was that kind of, the, his vibe was definitely the, the type of vibe that wanted to hear like not surface level stuff, but beneath that. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, millennials or young professionals get, you know, dubbed the like, you know, entitled or that we haven't gone through anything. Mm-hmm. And so like he always asked a question in his interview, like, what's the hardest thing you've ever, ever had to overcome? Mm-hmm. And he was expecting, you know, the majority of the answers are like, well, you know, like college was tough and I didn't know like what major I wanted to do. Like he was expecting one of those types of answers. And then when I got real, he was like, oh, shit, you're hired.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, but to, to tell my story. Um, so once I graduated um, high school and, and actually kind of before I did that. So the whole reason why we moved from Virginia to Florida was because unfortunately my brother um got into drugs and became addicted and it was just it was during the time when like ecstasy was like a huge you know it was like a, it was rampant you know mm-hmm. like the whole uh rave uh, world Same. or what have you mm-hmm. exactly and so it started getting really bad he lost a couple of his friends to uh overdosing mm-hmm. and you know it was one of those things where it was just getting out of control my parents were like willing to do anything and everything to like just get this back on track and so that was like the dark reason why we moved to Florida it was like for the new life restart getaway mm-hmm. um, but the the surf, surface level is like oh Florida's nice and it has great weather <laughs> Yeah, <for sure. laughs> um, so so that was that you know my brother was struggling with that so the deal was we go to Florida they pay for my brother's uh, tuition to go to school study anything you want just stop drugs um, and so I'm sugarcoating this, thinking that this all happens really fast, but it doesn't. We all know how addiction works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um so, Obviously, through the addiction um, and through what he, my brother went through and what he put my parents through. Uh, unfortunately, I went through, right? Uh, because I had to add to, as the younger sister looking at how it affected my parents, how it affected me. I had my own abandonment issues because my brother was like my, my world, my hero. Um, and then I felt like all of a sudden abandoned. Like, where are you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had those like resentment issues with him. And then my dad, you know, just having heart problems and things. So he was adding to those stresses. And so I I developed, I'm a struggling perfectionist. That's what that's what my, my what therapists call it, right? Mm-hmm. It's because I don't want to be the burden on anyone else. And so I became this person that everything's okay. Everything's okay, right? Um, so I slowly became that person. And as I was becoming that person, then I also was hit with an autoimmune disease, which at the time, 15 years ago, was, was rare. No one really knew how to treat it. No one really knew what to do with it. But essentially, I looked like a zombie. Um, the autoimmune disease—it's called ITP. You can Google it. It's—it's it's a long word. I can't even dis- i can't even pronounce. But at the time, it basically—it's your body attacks itself, thinking that your platelets, which is the the little cells in your blood that allow you to clot. So mm-hmm. if you like get stabbed, you clot. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If I got stabbed, I would not be able to clot. I would just completely bleed to death. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally I was, um, internally bleeding. I had bruises in places. I could not tell you why I had them. Um, at first my parents were like, what's going on? Are you getting abused? Like, is something happening? Like, is your boyfriend hitting you? Like they just didn't know what was going on. Eventually they made me go to the doctor because literally my body was covered in bruises, bruises. I looked like a zombie and I was so scared thinking like, what the heck is this? Is this AIDS? Like, do I have AIDS and I don't know it? Like what, what's going on? Um, and so when the hematologist came back and he was like, you have this in ITP, this long name for this autoimmune disease. And I was like, okay, well, so now what? And he's like, well, we don't, there's no cure. I was like, okay, so what do I do? And he's like, well, I don't know. We're going to have to like research for now. Maybe we'll put you on steroids just so that, you know, your platelet counts don't get low. Cause if, if your platelet counts get too low, you get hospitalized because then you're internally bleeding too much. Your blood vessels start to burst. Um, and it just gets to be just, you know, yeah. do or do or die type thing. So they put me on steroids, steroids. If you, if you're, if you're, if you have any health problems, you know, that steroids is like a short term bandaid, sure. mm-hmm. but it always has really long term effects that are negative negative. and it blew me up. I was like swollen um, and I just, I didn't feel good. It was terrible, but it was keeping my platelets at least from getting in like the bad zone, And so eventually, I mean, we tried everything, like, you know how Puerto Ricans are, well, I don't know, most coaches, right? They try everything under the book. They're like, hey, drink this, plum juice, this juice, malta, like everything, trying to like, this helps your platelets. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here I am, literally a 17, 18-year-old who has this autoimmune disease I don't know how to fix. Doctors don't know how to fix. I don't, literally, I'm like, am I going to make it to get married? Am I going to make it to have kids? Am I going to make it to even, like, have a career? Am I going to die before my parents? Like, I'm literally thinking about all this stuff. Um, And so, long story short, the hematologist, after doing tons of research, came back. And mind you, week to week, I'm getting blood drawn. And they're like, too low, hospital. Or, you're good. Literally, I looked like a a crackhead because I literally had, like, Mm. So much blood drawn every week. And um, so then it was two options that he came to me with. He said blood dialysis monthly Mm. or I think it might be your spleen that went wrong and maybe if we remove it, it'll fix it. And I was like, okay, so do I need it to live? And he's like, no. No. He says, you're going to get sick easily. That's where you're, you know, create antibodies. So you, you're you going to have to get booster shots and all this stuff, right? And I was like, okay, but I can still live. He's like, yeah. I said, what's the chances? He's like, 60-40. Mm. Cut me open. Oh, <laughs> I literally said, I said, cut me open. I didn't have to think about it. It was like, nope, do it. Take it out. Mm. And um, so we, we ended up taking it out. And literally the next day after surgery, my platelet counts shot through the roof. Wow. And so literally I was back to normal. I didn't need to take steroids, none of that. Now granted now I have I'm autoimmune comprised, so now you know I get sick very easily. but now that I maintain a healthy weight, healthy lifestyle, I work out, I eat well, my immune system has gotten better, but up to this for the last 15 years, like it's been like highs and lows of getting like a normal cold for me is not a normal um, cold. I will literally get to the point where I need to go to the hospital and things like that. but, as far as my platelets, I can clot. <laughs> <laughs> I can clot now. Um, but just, to, I just imagine like I did not want to do blood di- blood dialysis on a monthly basis. Like no. that just wasn't the life I wanted to live. And you know, some people might have done that because they're scared of surgery and it wasn't like a hundred percent guarantee. But I was like, nope, cut me if you think that's the, that's the issue. Get it out. Um, and I think I learned a lot from that because it was one of those things at the time. I mean, I'm I'm scared shitless, right? I'm like, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, you feel very alone because no one understands what you're going through. I would fall asleep at the wheel, not know how I got at places. I was extremely fatigued. I would literally pass out. Like going through the motions sucked. But now looking back, I can like laugh and talk about it without crying. But back then, it was like I don't know what's happening. Um, and so I think that was like a big a big moment for me to say grow up like you're mature like you know you you have a life to live doesn't matter who's doing what addiction doesn't matter what heart condition your father has like you you were given this chance Mm -hmm. and so if miraculously there's no treatment for this there's no you know what I mean like there's no cure and you are kind of cured now like why not Mm -hmm. why why can't I just take it head on and use that as like my motivation of like okay here I dodged a bullet
1: Uh, it's powerful. Uh, that really is. It's it's crazy because um, I can I can see uh, not parallels, but I I can see where the example that your your father set for you manifested itself, and even in, in that story, um, when you talk about the the moment where you had to make the decision between you know monthly dialysis or uh, a a surgery that honestly, you know, the doctor didn't know 100% if it was going to work. It was like 60, 40, right? Um, the, your father's thought process or your, his his thinking, his rationale, like I saw in you just through that story, right? Where you're like, well, look, I don't know if this is going to be it. I don't know if this is going to solve. I don't know if this is um, the solution, but I know for a fact what life I don't want. And I'm willing to take that risk and kind of, you know, step out on faith and trust that everything's going to work out. Um, and so, uh, I can, wow, I, I definitely wasn't expecting that, that story by any stretch of the imagination, but I can just completely understand now, um, that well of resolve that you're able Mm -hmm. to pull from. I mean, you, you had to go through so much in such a short amount of time and there's nuggets in there about, um, you you know, uh, what, you know, what we, (laughs) what we assess adversity or hardship to be versus, (laughs) You know, getting introduced to to true hardship, true adversity, right? Um, yeah, I could imagine that. Uh, you know, going through the health scare that you, you obviously went through and had to overcome, you're still, you know, obviously, you know, while you're in a better place, you you still have long-term ramifications from that, like you mentioned with the steroids. Um, that very quickly probably put into perspective the oh, I don't know what lunch table to sit at uh you know thought process you had you know early on when you made the move from virginia to to Poinciana. so uh man i think there's you know there's a, a, a lot of um, just really inspirational nuggets to be able to pull from on that one i don't know what, uh, what resonated with you jimmy
0: i mean you said it man it's just simply just a will determination I'm, i think about you know i was just kind of sitting here writing down the things that that you mentioned day and um Learning from your dad and what he went through, and I'm sure you know your mom, and then you know with your brother and, and addiction, like you said, it those things are, are powerful within a family, right? And it touches everybody, especially I could imagine uh, being the youngest uh, and you know the baby sister and having to see that and and feeling and hurting and wanting to help your brother, and then how that's affecting your parents. Um, and moving is is always tough, especially you know when you're young and kind of at that age, and, and then having to you're going through those things and then having to to go through those changes and moving and then obviously everything that you've said uh, that you went through uh, you know with that autoimmune disease and the decisions that you had to make along the way and the I think one of the powerful things too is that you know nothing is guaranteed right and even with science you know they may say oh you know 80-90% but nothing is guaranteed yeah they don't know and it's having, having that faith and that resolve to say well I know what the options are, and you know what I'm going to have that faith and and, and step out, and I'd rather this than having to, to go through that dialysis every month. And um, again, just you know, kind of at an early age, to processing all of those things, and and having to make those decisions. Um, obviously, it had to be tough, but again, it definitely speaks to you know to the resolve, to the will, the determination that you have as an individual. Um,
2: And it wasn't all cakes and roses. I will say a lot of times people think that they hold on to faith when something like this happens. And it was actually quite the opposite for me. I actually lost my faith because I I was kind of like mad, like, Mm. well, why is this happening? You know what I mean? Like, why is it like one thing after another? It's like drug addiction, health issue. Okay, now my dad opened heart surgery. It's like, what what now? And so for many years, I was actually mad at the man upstairs. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Um, But I think as I've gotten older, I've always believed. Right. Um, But I think during the time where I I wasn't cool with the man upstairs, I was I still knew there was a higher power. And I knew there was something, whether you're drawing that on energy or nature or yourself, like there's always something that you pull from. And in those dark moments, like whether it's him or something, you're going to pull from something. And and I think maybe that was like my father and me and just like I'm going to get through it, like no matter what.
1: Yeah, well, I would say that, you know, kind of what you're touching on really is understanding that, you know, sometimes, the you know, there are things that are greater than the situation, right? And being able to connect into that, connect into that and pull resolve from that when you can't muster it yourself sometimes, like the circumstances, what you're dealing with, like everything you're facing would tell you, like, nah, this ain't it. You know, there's there's no point. You lose hope. You you know you start to get desperate, and um, your mind can go to some dark places. But being able to understand that there's something greater, right? That that we serve a purpose for. Um, you know, you know what you mean to your family, which you means to your mother, your father, your brother. You know, the others that care about you. Um, being able to connect into that and pull from it. I guess one of the things that I'm kind of curious about because um, you you shared a term which. Um, I had never heard before, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Oh, I uh, don't oh, know." I feel like I can connect with it. I feel like she, maybe she's talking about me a little bit, right? You say <laughs> you're a serial perfectionist, a struggling perfectionist, a struggling perfection perfectionist, right? And um, that resonated with mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, yeah." There's there's definitely some. I, I have some of those those tendencies. Recovering.
2: To- a recovering perfectionist.
1: Oh. <laughs> so that's actually what I wanted to, to ask you about. Just, you know, having gone through through um, what you experienced and, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, that, you know, now you're able to um, better manage, you know, just kind of, you know, your weight and the healthy balance and the whole nine. Do you feel like that situation has fed that, that struggling perfectionist? component of you and giving you something to kind of target that energy towards? Or have you felt, or do you feel like the experience has helped kind of, um, I don't know, um, control that or muddle it or whatever you want to phrase it, um, to put things in perspective and say, well, look, I don't have to be perfect because, you know, um, there's something greater out there. I'm just super curious.
2: Um, I mean, if you look at I mean, anybody successful, right, Right. whether it's Kobe or Michael Jordan or this or that, what have you, right, you always hear about, like, what was their struggle, right, or what a lot of times people operate from a place of fear or um, something, right, that they operate by, and for me, the perfectionist was a result of, I think it was my outlet. It was, um, it was a way, it was a protective mechanism. It was, I don't want to show that I'm weak um but that's exactly what perfection is like it's it's scared of being Mm -hmm. weak but you are that's that's exactly what it is um Mm -hmm. and again because my brother was supposed to be the older role model and i had to kind of flip the script and now i had to be the old we're five years apart but i had to kind of be the Mm -hmm. older sister per se um and so i had to lead the way and be the example and and showcase my parents like you you didn't fail as parents like it's okay And so I had to make them proud. And then it became well, I need to make my teacher proud, or I need to make uh, my boss proud. And, you know, it just kind of kept tumbling. And so I became that like go to person, people came to me for things and kind of looked at me as like the mom, but then no one was there for me and I couldn't be, I didn't have a like that person I could go to and just be completely vulnerable and completely distraught with. Mm-hmm. And so it was really just kind of for so many years of just bottling it in of like, everything's perfect, everything's fine because I didn't want to be the burden on anyone else because my brother was that burden for, for many, many years for my parents and or health issues were. So I was like, okay, I gotta be good. Like I can't, can't stress anybody out, nothing like that. And so, it, 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 it struck for many years. I actually struggled with building friendships and keeping them for that reason, because if things got too close, I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like mm-hmm. the trust. And so I struggled with keeping friendships. Um, I couldn't connect with people my age. And I think maybe it's because of everything I went mm-hmm. through people at my age just didn't have that experience. And so I found myself being always the youngest person in the room whether that be I was 17 in college, I um, I was always in, in an office setting. I was the youngest person like by like, you know, 10 years. Mm -hmm. In many many cases. So it's like, not only am I female in a heavily male-dominated office world, but then I'm also the youngest. So it's like, how do I get the respect? And so that's where it just fed into the perfectionism. Like, Mm -hmm. I got to prove myself right. I got to prove that I I belong here. And so I can't be weak. I can't cry. I can't do this. And so that's – it literally is – I was shaped by my environment and everything that was happening to me. And that was my protective blanket until eventually – anxiety hits panic attack hits and eventually your body's telling you wake up this isn't this isn't the life that you need to live and so thankfully probably i want to say about 3 years ago or so um, f- I finally took that step of like, okay, I'm seeing somebody and that's where I went and I saw a therapist and it was like, phew, mind blown, like, holy shit, this whole like, this mm-hmm. makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. This makes sense. And so literally it's been transformative for me because it's been so freeing. And of course you find people like Brené Brown, who's like killing the game and like everybody's like, hell yeah, I'm being vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's accepted now and it's what people want. People don't want service level stuff anymore. They want to connect to the human. Like I want to know what's your what's your um skeleton in your closet. You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to connect with because if I'm going to champion for you, if I'm going to work for you, what do I what am I working for? Mm-hmm. You know? So unless you've been down in the trenches with me and you've gone through something, I don't know that I can like champion for you. So I think like again I told you earlier when we first talked, it's about like converting those stories that you want thought were shameful and now they become your power story Mm -hmm. and so that's full circle the whole perfectionist thing but
1: (laughs) no I love it I love it I love it I love it um, especially because, like you said, we, we were talking about it. And I think there's definitely an example in there for um, folks that are listening and maybe, um, you know, you've fallen on hard times or you're still grinding and you're just trying to figure out like, man, like, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm out of I'm out of work. And, you know, what is the next step for me? And, you know, I have folks that depend on me and, um, you know, uh, you're worried about being uber polished in that interview and you should definitely be prepared and be prepared to speak to your experience but share your story because i think now more than ever people really gravitate towards um and this has always been the case but i think it's just it's more apparent now that people have always gravitated towards battle-tested leadership Mm -hmm. right and just okay i know you've gone through some things and so that gives me confidence in your ability to be able to handle adversity when it when it um you know, um, shows its face. And, um, yeah, I I love too, the fact that, you know, you kind of talk about, um, you know, how, how freeing it was and how illuminating it was to just be able to confide in somebody and talk through those things. I can tell you for me, um, it wasn't until, um, I also went through therapy and, um, I just, I had a total paradigm shift in terms of like, oh, I understand now why I do the things that I do. And I understand why I'm wired the way that I am. I understand why, um, you know, uh, my, my currency, my, my currency of love is, is, uh, achievement, right. And, and why I need to do that. And, Um, ever since I've had that awakening, it's just been a complete paradigm shift. And I've been able to approach, um, situations from just a different motivation. It's not, you know, it's not for validation or affirmation or, you know, coming from that place of, okay, I need, I need another feather in my cap to show that I'm worthy of all the people that are around me and that believe in me. Like, yeah, you can still believe in me. I haven't let you down. Right. Um, I've been able to break out of that, but it took a minute. It took it took a it took a minute. It took me being able to actually talk to somebody and look in the mirror and be confronted with those things. And it's it's kind of it's just funny how the universe works, Jimmy. Of like we've been having kind of these seeds of conversations, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, on camera and off, off camera, camera you yeah, know, as we confided in one another and stuff like that, man. And so um, to just hear it. You know, through uh, Day's story and her experiences, it's just another mem- uh, mirror and another reminder that, you know, we're not in this battle alone um, and that, um, you know, coming to grips with those things can be liberating. It can be freeing. It can be a sign of true strength. The weakness is in trying to hold on to, um, you know, these fallacies. Um, but when you can come to grips with who you really are and overcome that, that's a sign of true strength. So I appreciate you sharing.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that back up, Dave, for everything that Devon just said, cause it's something that we have been talking about and you know what I will say, hopefully we'll have more conversations. I can learn a little bit more about where you're at, um, spiritually, everything that you've gone through in your life and the story that you just shared, I mean, there's purpose in all of those things. And I think it's okay to be mad every once in a while, especially when you're confused and you don't understand. Um, but knowing that, you know, for me, I look back to my life and things had to have happened and, and how God has gotten me to this particular point. And like you said, how powerful it is to say, okay, now that either I've come to grips with it, or I'm still learning, but as I share those stories with people, um, how just the impact that it has on other people's lives and what they can learn or they can see that you know what i'm not the only one going through this and it's okay to feel this way it's okay to deal with these things it's okay to 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 get help and to speak to somebody and it's okay you know for men to to be vulnerable and to share things with one another and I just think it's, it's so powerful, especially in this day and age to be able to have those type of conversations and talk about those things and be vulnerable about that. Um, so again, thank you for doing that. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I told Yvonne about this book that I'm reading uh, called To Be Told. And uh, as I'm going through that, it, it's talking about, you know, Shalom, right? And the peace that we have. But as that piece kind of any story right when you're telling a really good story it starts with peace but then there's some type of shattering there's some type of event and trauma you know that we go through you mentioned it like all of those things affects us and it affects who we are uh and you know the environment and all of those things so being able to again to talk about those things to to learn from those situations and then to be able to share that with others is is such a powerful uh a powerful thing to be able to do in somebody else's life. So again, thank you yeah. for that. I appreciate that. Seriously. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, I'm um, you know, kind of as we're talking, looking down a little bit and looking at the questions, I think that there was a lot of advice that, that you just shared, you know, within that um, about leadership and about yourself. And again, you know, dealing with adversity and some of the things that individuals can can do to, to work through some very challenging and tough times. Uh, I do want to give you an opportunity uh, to kind of switch gears just a little bit and, and um, to give advice, not just on leadership. But, you know, we've been talking about, you know, maybe for that person who is digging in too hard and, and you know, feeling anxiety because they're they're trying and they're pushing too hard because they need that opportunity. They need that job. Um, you know, any advice or tips that you'd like to give, you know, to people out there who are. in that space who are looking for a job whether they have one and maybe they're just not necessarily happy with the environment that they're in or again they don't have they've been furloughed they've been let go uh for for months i heard of a a story about a a somebody a brother at church and and again it's just in that situation looking and looking and looking and coming uh, onto hard times so i'll stop there words of advice and tips
2: um i think first first and foremost i think it's just give yourself grace Mm -hmm. Um, We don't do that enough, Um, and we're our worst critic. And um, you know, especially when you feel like, oh crap, I'm I'm supposed to be the breadwinner, I'm supposed to be the role model, and then all of a sudden you you're you know knocked at your knees, Um, and you know your world just came crashing down. It's it's a lot to process. Um, You know, it's it's the same thing when my father had you know a heart attack and then had to have go right into open heart surgery. He went from being breadwinner to now disabled, Mm. not being able to work, can't work, um, you know, not knowing where the money was going to come from. And so, you know, it's tough, but you have to give yourself grace, you have to pull on to, to family, friends, people that you know, don't go it alone. Um, and I know it feels like you're weak and, you know, like it's embarrassing. That's what you feel, but that's, that's shame. And, you know, shame operates from that place of, you know, just darkness. And really, I think when you open up and you tell people what you're going through to those that you're most close with, that gives you room to get it out of your chest. So it's out. And then now when you do those things that are supposed to lead, those actions that lead to, promising land right the opportunities and and to get yourself back on your feet you can really put full focus in those things but if you don't take those things out it's it's you're losing that focus and the clarity because now you're just operating from this like you have so much in your chest Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's like you just need a good cry cry it out vent cry you know scream if you need to but get it out because once you do that then you can take action. And clarity comes from action. So don't be afraid to just take a messy action. And if it's if you're coming up wrong with stuff, just find someone like don't be afraid to say I need help. I'm not good at this, you know, and that's that's the reason why I started the professional pantry because people can't, you know, the hardest thing you can do is sell yourself. People don't feel comfortable. They feel like it's being cocky or weird and and it's not And embrace who you are have the confidence, you know what you can bring to the table. Um, and it's okay if you need to, you know, a therapist, a career coach, a life coach, what have you, those are, those are your people in your corner. That's going to be rooting for you. And it's going to be that, that momentum that you need to keep going in those tough times. Um, so, and I always say when it comes to leadership or just in general life, being a good person, a good human profession, or like just personal development is probably the most important thing. Because if not, then you're just stagnant and you're just not self-aware to where you can improve. And so you're you're don't leave things to fate. You have to take action. So that's that's my piece of advice there. I know there's like a tons of nuggets there, but you know <laughs> just don't do it alone. Do what you need to to get it off your chest. Get help and then just take maxi ac- action. It'll 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 happen.
0: So no, I, I appreciate that. Like you said, definitely a lot of nuggets from a. A little bit more of a, a, a tactical perspective. I know there were some resources that you shared with me. Uh, so if I wanted to, to get some some resources and free resources uh, to be able to maybe help me with, you know, really crafting out a better resume and things like that, uh, where could our listeners go to uh, to get some of the resources that you share with individuals?
2: Sure. So um, if you head over to the professional pantry, so like your kitchen pantry, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that professional pantry.com. Um Then on the homepage, there's a couple of freebies I have, but I would say for the person who's looking for a job, who's in this kind of like, Oh, kind of weird spot. Um, the best guide I would say is the free job search strategy guide. It's long, but literally it's going to take you step by step. Like get the clarity first. What are you targeting? So target the right role, then target the right company and then do your stuff like applying networking and stuff. Don't start applying blindly everywhere. First get that clarity and then once you know, you know, what you're going for and then how that how you're applicable to that, now you're ready to put yourself in that position to go out to the game. You know, it's like put me in coach, now I, I know what I'm doing. Um, And so that is what the guide does is it helps you kind of answer some of those questions to bring the clarity and then the things to think about like get your ducks in a row your resume your LinkedIn profile how to network where to tap into. So those are just some suggestions there um that that the guide provides and then obviously if you need additional help you can always reach out to me um i help with both on the career coaching side of things for more clarity or interview preparation um or the service packages that i have which is more so on like the resume custom resumes and then linkedin profiles so that's yeah
0: and where can people find you on linkedin
2: on linkedin you'll find me as daylin perez that's my full real legal name (laughs) And that's D A Y L Y N as a Nancy, and then Perez P E R E Z.
0: And then there's also a page for the Professional Pantry as well, correct? Yes, on LinkedIn. Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, Devon, any any last words?
1: No, man. I'm just um, I'm thankful for the opportunity to hear more about Day's story, and um, man, just again, just so many notes of inspiration and encouragement, and I think a lot of folks need to hear that. Especially in these times, um, and it just it gives you I, for me, you know, if, if I was you know in the position where I'm looking, it would give me an abundance of confidence to be able to partner or work with somebody like you um, as a career coach and just kind of you know providing some guidance on how to navigate this new environment, knowing that you have um, again just this well of resolve and adversity that you've been able to overcome that um, I can find some comfort in because obviously. Um, Again, these things aren't easy. You know, you touch on some of the things that, you know, um, you know, you feel when you find yourself in that situation, because, you know, even with me having the clarity about what I wanted to do and, uh, you know, you know, being in a better place mentally, right? Like when, you know, I got furloughed, it was definitely still a knock at the knees. It's like, okay, I'm the primary breadwinner and I I have to, I have to reorient myself or I have to recenter myself. I have to, all right, get back to, to my, you know, my, my place of power, um, before I go out there and just literally apply for, you know, everything that, you know, says open. Right. <laughs> um, and so,
0: yeah, just to kind of hear
1: your short, your story, and then to hear you share, um, you know, some of the free resources that are currently available and, um, more so than like the tactical stuff. Cause I think there's, you know, um, There's a wealth of resources out there from a tactical perspective and if you need additional resources or help or you know they definitely should reach out and connect with a professional i love 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 the fact that you spoke to the mindset perspective before you even start Mm -hmm. tackling the the tactical like you have to operate from the right place and whether that's talking to somebody getting it out um kind of that catharsis of just Ah, okay. All right. (laughs) Now, now I have this clarity and let me, let me uh, reorient myself and go from there. Um, I think it's extremely um, encouraging because I think, um, a lot of times when folks find themselves in that situation, our instinct is to bottle up is to clam up and to try and use that angst, anxiety, whatever you want to, want to call it. We try to use that as fuel for action. Um, but you know, that one, it can be poor fuel and two, it can just be, you know, misplaced and cause you to, um, you know, just not be as effective or thoughtful as you should be. Um, and so it's good to just kind of hold up that mirror to folks and say, look, Hey, it's okay. Get it out. your ch- get it off your chest. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to take like a couple of days and just work through how you feel emotionally. And then once you're in a good place emotionally, then let's start talking about the tactical. Um, and also understand that now that you have clarity on what you want, You don't necessarily have to wait for perfection to start taking action, take messy action and then learn from that, refine and ask for help if you need it. So, um, no, man, this is, um, again, another um, another really strong, um, you know, MBA uh, experience for me, Um, you know, being able to bring on another professional um, and just learn from your story, man. This has been awesome. Awesome, guys. thanks. Thank
0: you. Yeah, we definitely appreciate uh, just being real with us and sharing your stories and, um, you know, some very telling and deep stories as well. Personal, very personal stories. Um, so, yeah, dude, you pretty much, you know, wrapped up uh, a lot of the nuggets that we spoke about. Uh, so I appreciate that. Again, for our, our legacy leaders, um, number one, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and stop and subscribe hit the alert bell make sure yes that you're Over always <laughs> you always know uh when we're dropping the new hotness and the videos are out there uh we're on all major pla- uh, podcast platforms so uh that's where you prefer to to get the content then subscribe there as well so that you're always getting those downloads um so I'm going to make sure this time that day is ready <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, Leading by example. Hold on, hold on. Leading by example.
2: I got myself myself purdy. Hold on.
0: Bam. Number okay. two, take a screenshot. Whether you're watching us on a YouTube channel or if you're you're listening on a podcast, take a screenshot uh, of the episode, what you're listening to, what you're watching, and then go to Instagram go ahead and post that on Instagram and tag us on Instagram, please. Uh, and the reason we're asking, them, again, is, and we love having these conversations. Again, this has just been a tremendous amount of value in my life, and I know in USD as well, And uh, that our listeners are gonna get out there. Um, but we like to get that feedback and know that you're feeling hopefully the same way that we're feeling as we're having these conversations. Uh, so go ahead and, again, take those snapshots, post it on Instagram, tag us, uh, coach underscore Jimmy G Jr., uh, at Leadership Docent and that at Day Perez. Um, tag us and obviously at um, Legacy Leadership as well uh, so that we know that you're listening, that you're viewing, and that you're getting something. Leave comments again. Let us know some of the nuggets that really resonated with you the most. We certainly appreciate that. And then step number three share. Sharing is caring. Share with your friends, share with your family, share with other leaders uh, that need. Uh, or just with desires again to learn more about what it takes to become a leader worth following. Especially this episode, you know, we're talking about being vulnerable, being open, uh, and you know, some of the the hardships and tragedies that we go through, and how important it is to have that support system, and to even you know have a professional, have a coach, have somebody a counselor that you're going to. Maybe you know somebody that finds themselves in those situations, but they're not having those conversations, uh, but you know that those feelings are there, share this with them. I'm sure they'll be able to to get a lot, even if it's just, again, knowing I'm not alone. Uh, and it's okay, it's, it's okay. Um, so again, please share, we definitely appreciate that. Again, thank you, Day. Uh, over 10 years of experience in HR and recruiting. Uh, yes, senior recruiter for VHB and co-founder of the Professional Pantry. Professional Pantry. Absolutely. This has been uh, a pleasure and we would definitely make sure that we leave uh, links as well in our uh, notes for the folks listening and viewing. So they'll have access to that, too. Uh, Thank you again. We appreciate your time and spending this uh, this evening with us. And again, sharing your story. Thank you to our listeners out there, our legacy leaders. We appreciate you guys very much Uh, until next time. Well, I forgot to say next time uh, in the next episode. We're going to start talking about some specific pillars uh, that as leaders really should be the foundation. Uh, of a leader and again if you're trying to be a leader worth following these are going to be some really strong pillars uh, that you're going to want to learn about that you're going to want to hear about and start implementing in your day-to-day activities as a leader and with your team uh, and uh, all of that will be leading us up to the next MBA episode uh, as we kind of tie a bow on that series as well so that is the end
2: all right thank you guys thank you we appreciate you guys
0: Thank you. all right legacy leaders god bless and stay encouraged everybody take care
1: you You have just listened to the legacy and leadership podcast hosted by jimmy gonzalez and devon watts thank you and we hope that you live lead and leave a legacy worth remembering until next time